Wow. We get to proclaim what Christ is to the rest of the world. I mean, we are his children. We are lovers. We are the greatest lovers on earth because Christ is the greatest lovers and he put that into us. And I love again first Corinthians 14:1 and the first two words here is really what I feel is is the calling for us is to pursue love. And so when we look at our identity is how do we understand who we are because most times when we look at our identity we're looking at ourselves as what can we get from people if our identity is a certain way. This is Words to Live By, a podcast that serves the purpose to help you supercharge your relationships with God, others, and yourself. I'm Michael Gibson, and this week on the show, Dad and I are having a conversation about identity. If I asked you the question, do you know who you really are, would you be able to answer me? Or do you know what you're called to be? Identity can be such a scary thing, but here's the truth. We're all called to be something great, and Dad and I are going to let you in on that secret. It's all next. And here we go with another edition of Words to Live By. It is your host, Michael Gibson, alongside my co-pilot, my dad, who I actually get to be in studio for the first time in a long time, Roger Gibson. Yes, I love being in studio with you. We get to see each other and actually have like a real conversation instead of like through the computer. I know. So, you know, if, if in case you don't know, we have a lot of guests on this show. And, um, and in case you don't know, we actually many times do those interviews uh, with the three of us in different states. So I'm in Missouri, dad's in Dallas, and our guest is wherever they live. And um, so it's kind of a uh, tech dance, if you will. We uh, have all these different gadgets to help us link up and satellites and programs. And so it's nice just to be able to plug the microphone in and and not really have to deal with any of that. I know, right? we get to go back and forth. I'm glad you're the techie out of the group because if it was me, we wouldn't be able to do <laughs> any of this. And probably be the old-fashioned way on the phone. We'll just merge people in. Yeah. But for you to be able to do this, you're so smart. You can figure this out. But hey, something I figured out. I what? finally know what I want to be called. Oh, boy. This has been like a 10-week, 15-week ordeal yeah, I for I got to get this down. I think I found it. What? Captain Dad. <laughs> Captain Dad. I think Captain that would be Dad. so good. <laughs> you are Captain Dad. Instead of co-pilot, I can be Captain Dad. At least you're not Captain Underpants. That'd I be. can be Captain Underpants. <laughs> I'm sure Mom has brought me a few of those. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes, but oh. uh, Captain Dad, I think, would be appropriate for today. All right, Captain Dad. Well, All uh, right. we'll, we'll, we'll keep it that. But, um, hey, we're taking a break this week from we've had probably some of the most spectacular guests on this show. We have had some very fun guests. Yeah, we have. We've uh, just, I mean, we've gotten to talk about a variety of different subjects. We've had uh, authors and experts and uh, family friends and uh, even family members on the show. And so these uh, last couple of weeks and and uh, have just been such a thrill. And uh, But we have uh, many more guests coming up for the rest of the year. But uh, Dad and I like to just take a couple of weeks and really just, uh, you know, do our own thing yeah, for us to talk back and forth because I get tired. 
<laughs> of not being able to talk. <laughs> I got to let them talk. I know. We have and to I, rein dad in. We have a little zapper on him when we have guests. Yeah, my uh, son actually times me how long you go. He said, Dad, you just spoke for 15 minutes yeah. on that. <laughs> to me, it felt like 30 seconds. <laughs> I but know. I know. We well, just get so excited. That's I good. I do. I want to share. Yeah. But hey, they are the experts, but I love pretending I am. I know. You like the, to pretend you do you that. Are. So I just repeat everything they say and it makes me sound good <laughs> I know. with it. But uh, no, it's fun to have these experts. And I think the last show we did with mom being a part of it was so much fun for me because mm-hmm. like we shared, you're in a studio and in Springfield, Missouri, our guests are somewhere. And then actually we were in four places last time. We were. Seattle, Phoenix, Dallas, and Springfield. That's where you're, you're talking about the, uh, you're talking about our episode with Dr. John Trent. Yes. Um, which we talked all about word pictures and uh, what a powerful tool to be able to use in your relationships. But I mean, it was a circus online because uh, we have this uh, platform that we use where people can join in and it kind of syncs us all up together so we can hear each other and we can record each other. So as dad said, we were in five different places all doing this uh this interview but i think it came off really well and oh, it was one of my favorite ones i've done yeah it was fun. i think people really enjoyed that learning how to communicate really the way christ did and you can't get a better communication method of increasing your relationship happiness and just getting people to understand you than use the exact model that christ did on earth. So it was an awesome show. I had so much fun doing that one. Yeah. If you haven't listened to that one, uh, be sure to check out our episode with Dr. John Trent and his daughter, Carrie Trent, uh, actually Carrie Trent Stageberg. She just got married. Right. And And she was named after mom. Yeah. And so, uh, you'll notice on her name, it's K A R I just like my mom spells Carrie. And, uh, so that was pretty cool. A lot of people like to say Kari. I know. So Kari. I think I'm going to start calling her Kati. <laughs> Sounds more foreign. So she likes that kind of stuff. So, hey, uh, well, you have an awesome, speaking of word pictures, you have an awesome word picture for today, what we're going to be talking yes, about. Yes. And, and it really goes back to so much of my memories with you. Yes. So and I love Disney movies. Yes. Um, if you, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people listening also like Disney movies. And uh, who doesn't like Disney movies? I know. They just Everyone do loves a, a Disney movie. I know. Now, Pixar these days, which Disney owns Pixar, but, you know, those are pretty Still good. Still a too, Disney movie. I know. So, anyway, but uh, the movie that takes the cake for me, and even today when I listen to it, I still like something inside of me. It's like that little kid just comes alive. And that's The Lion King. And so the story of The Lion King, which is I'm sure is a movie we've all seen and heard. And uh, basically it's a story about how this lion kind of goes through and and finds himself and and, uh, ends up being banished and meets this crazy warthog and those... uh, a little meerkat and, and uh, ends up going on this journey. Timon of, and Pumbaa. That's right. Timon and Pumbaa and ends up going on this, uh, really this exploration project of figuring out who he was and that lion's name was Simba. And uh, so today our words to live by is we're going to be talking about what it means to have a healthy self identity because yes. I think a lot of times we go through life and we never really fully understand who we are. And we bounce around through jobs. We bounce around through relationships because we're trying to complete ourselves with these other things, with these, with this, with these work opportunities, with these relationships, with these, uh, uh, you can, you name it. And, uh, so today we really want to deep dive into being able to help you discover really who you are. Yeah. And Michael, one of the things that I really wanted to talk about, because again, working with couples, 
And just a lot of times when we struggle or even an individual, this is something that just really comes out. And when we hit these dark patches in life or, or change can make us question who we are. Is there something wrong with me? Or maybe it's getting to the sense, I don't like who I am. And which is actually things that we're putting into our thinking that is not going to produce good, healthy relationships. And that's why we brought up the Lion King. That's right. And got to set this up is, as um, we shared, mom has been, when she was uh, pregnant with Hannah, is she spent two and a half months in the hospital. And so it was you and I at home. And we lived in Branson, Springfield, Missouri was about an hour away and through the hills and long trip. And so mom was up there. So you and I spent a lot of time watching Disney movies. But there's one movie you wanted to watch over and over and over and over. And that was The Lion King. That's right. That was about right when it came out. So we watched that thing, the old VHS. You would get your little stool and climb up on top and put in your own... Uh, VHS tape and we would sit in the chair together and we would watch it. I watched it so many times. I actually memorized everything <laughs> from it. I'm like going, how am I doing this? And so during this conversation, it just really brought up so many memories because it really is an awesome movie when you get into it and what it really means. And particularly this one scene where you kind of set that up where um, remember his dad was his hero. He was the Lion King, Mufasa. And Simba was that brave, adventurous young kid who went out and unfortunately got himself in a difficult situation. And, and the herd came out. His dad tried to protect him. But inside of all of that, there was always a villain. There's got to be a villain in a Disney movie. It's not a Disney movie if you don't have a villain. Or a singing character. Or a singing character. That's true. And uh, But do you remember the name of the villain in The Lion King? Uh, Scar. Yes. And Scar took him and basically threw him off the cliff. And Mufasa passed away. And then Simba had to run. Yeah. So there we are. He's running away from all his problems. And then there was something inside of him that he just was wrestling with and just uh, Nala, his best friend, came and said, we need your help. And he said, I'm not that person anymore. And then it, this old wise person came named Rafiki. Yeah. Remember Rafiki was the crazy baboon. He was a baboon, yeah. Yes. And, and so he comes and hits him and basically leads him to this water. And at first Simba's going, you're just a crazy baboon. I don't get this. And then when he says, look harder into the reflection in the lake, and then whose image comes up? Mufasa. Mufasa. And there's a great exchange between Mufasa and Simba. And it kind of goes like this. When Mufasa comes up, he says, Simba. And Simba is so surprised, says, Father. He says, Simba, you have forgotten me. No, how could I forget you? And Mufasa responds back, you have forgotten who you are. And so forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. And Simba ends it by saying, how can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. What a great exchange that is for us today. Because life is hard. We, we talk about that a lot. Because Solomon, of all people, says life is hard. We get up. We work. We go back to bed. Get up. And the same thing. 
over. But through all of this, there's something really important. If we want to have high quality relationships, it really starts with we got to know who we are. But we got to know who we are in Christ as opposed to knowing who we are is defined by the world. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, uh, what a great what a great point there, because um, so many people, I think they they begin to they like I said earlier, they begin to seek out their identity and other things. And I've I even I think everybody goes through that. I think this whole uh, process of discovering yourself. I don't think somebody wakes up one day and just says, oh, this is who I am. I'm 100 percent comfortable with this. You know, I mean, it's just it's a journey. And um, I also think that your identity changes sometimes for the bad, but then other times for the good. And um, so like when you were in college, you were the basketball star, you know, uh, and then you married mom and then you you became a husband and that was a new identity process for you. And then you had me and then you became a father and that was a new identity. But uh, I I think that the... the, I went lower and lower on the pecking change (laughs) as I got older, what I've been learning. I know. But now you're... And then you worked for grandpa for many years. and Many years and and been able to travel around the world and do mm -hmm. ministry work. And so it's been a huge thing. But Michael, when you really talk about identity, because... You know, we're growing up, people are shaping how we think. And so how we think really influences how we view ourselves. And unfortunately, like there's things that we grow up and there's bullies in life. And they say things that are not true, but we take it in such a way that it must be true. And what a way that's shaping people's belief system about themselves. And what is so wrong with that? And why we as parents and why as individuals, we have to fight against the bullies in this world. And when I say bullies, I'm not just talking about the ones at the schoolyard. I'm talking about the bullies in the in the media world, in this entertainment world that is wanting to shape, not by saying you have to be this way, but really in a way the media is starting to say you have to be this way. There's pictures out there that say you have to look like this, you have to dress like this, you have to speak like this. And so there's a barrage of things just coming at us. I mean, it's millions per day. Yeah. That's wanting to shape who we are. And that's the world trying to shape that as opposed to what God says in his word and allowing that to shape us. And unfortunately, uh, these bullies in our world has done a great job of shortchanging, uh, basically like a lightning bolt hitting people. And it just burns it out of them who God really created them to be. And it's really hard to enjoy life. It's really hard to have great relationships when you're constantly trying to be like someone else or trying to be someone who you really are not. That's so true because, um, you know, uh, so we are good friend, Dr. Les Parrott. Uh, he, uh, teaches this class and, uh, he was at Seattle Pacific university for 32 years. And then, uh, now he's at uh, Northwest university and Olivet Nazarene university. And so he teaches this class called relationships 101. And basically he, uh, doesn't have the, he doesn't have anybody take any notes the whole time. You just get, you, there's no quizzes, there's no exams, there's no assignments, there's no papers. You just uh, get out of it what you want to get out of it. But on the very first night he has you, um, he has you write down this one sentence and uh, it's all about um, it's basically where if you are trying to be in, in, a, in relationship with people without doing the important work of getting whole yourself, then all of your relationships will be an attempt to complete yourself. 
And uh, so, you know, what you just said with what the world uh, shoots at us as far as who we're supposed to be, that's like opening up a whole Pandora box of different things. Because, I mean, every single day we turn on the TV and, and you know, I see these muscular men and these workout things and, and uh, you know, with these uh, promoting these different exercise uh, machines. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I don't look like that. And maybe I should look I like that. I saw Photoshop. And, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or steroids. And uh, but then on the flip side, I mean, you know, my sister Hannah and my sister Zoe turn on the TV and they see these women in these makeup commercials that are flawless. And, and uh, so it's it can be really, really confusing. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, Robert Madu, who spoke at James River Church, our church in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, um, for many years, that was our church. Yeah. 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 We, we in fact, I still attend there. And um, we need to get Robert on the podcast, by the way, one of these days. Because yeah. Robert, oh. if you've never if you've never heard of Robert Madu, you got to go and uh, and Google him. And one of the best of communicators in this country. Yeah, and uh, you know he talked about a couple of weeks ago. We did a podcast uh, called uh, "The Battlefield of the Mind" with uh, Dr. Jack Graham, who's uh, the senior pastor at Prestonwood. Right. And um, and so he talked about how these things they can get into our our identity crisis you know we're in, we're in an identity crisis we're having a hard time with our mind because we're trying to think about you know who we are and so we talked about that but um but robert basically uh brought it down to this one sentence that i use all the time because i've gone through several different identity crises and i don't have a problem saying that i was uh you know i was the golfer in high school and you thought were. i was going to be a pga tour player and then i realized that I couldn't really break 80 very many times. <laughs> and uh, so, and my driver, I'd slice it out of the, into the woods. And so I just, and I, I would be a long ways into the woods though. Long ways into the woods. Yeah. And, and, um, and so I knew that I wasn't going to be a professional golfer, but all through high school, I was like, I'm going to be on the PGA tour. I don't even know why I'm here because I, you know, I don't know how this math class is going to help me on the golf course. And then I went from there and then, uh, you know, into, into college and kind of trying to figure out who I was and, and, uh, you know, became a broadcaster and got the opportunity to be on TV. But then, uh, you know, now it's even changing still. And, and uh, so anyway, so through this whole thing, Robert said this one thing that I really resonated with. And he said that when it comes down to it, that we can say that we are children of God and that he loves us and that he is pleased with us. And so whenever I tend to have these thoughts of wondering who I am and if I'm really on the right path and doing what I'm supposed to. And, and, uh, you know, if I, if I really am supposed to be doing all of this and, and I just go back and, and say to myself, well, I am a child of God and he loves me and he is pleased with me. And so when we live life from that standpoint, wow, does it just totally change who we are? It really does. And you know what, um, understanding who all of that is and, and Michael when you talk about different identities that's things that we're going to go through and I believe that when we're young such as you high school we're constantly doing it but as we get older and I really believe in that early 30s when you get around 33 34 35 you really start conforming your identity to more like Christ because we're, we're just coming into this maturity but I want to encourage people that younger you are is to really get into learning your identity in Christ. But for some reason, as we go through these different stages, just immaturity, we're trying to be someone. But then someone once said to me when I was younger, that when you hit your 40s, you're going to be totally comfortable. It really takes you about 40 years to just get through this. But we can go much earlier. We really can. 
in getting understanding who we are as a person, but the sooner we can really identify that. And so that's really what we want to talk about is how do you do that? And what Robert Madu was saying, I can't help but think about First uh, Peter 2.9 when Christ is really coming out and saying who we are as Peter is, is writing. This is a pretty big statement. And it goes like this, but you are a chosen race. Now that's us. That's you and I as believers, children of God, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I mean, that's where you are separated from everyone else, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow. We get to proclaim what Christ is to the rest of the world. I mean, we are his children. We are lovers. We are the greatest lovers on earth because Christ <laughs> is the greatest lovers and he put that into us. And I love again, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, and the first two words here is really what I feel is, is the calling for us is to pursue love. That's what we're t- told to do. And I love that phrase because, again, in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love. All that love is kind, love is gentle, love is patient, so on, all the way to the end. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. love. And then we get into 14. Most people don't know what chapter 14 is because they only know about 13 at the weddings. But before he gets into 14, he really gets into, again, saying, after all of that, very intentional, pursue love. And so when we look at our identity, is how do we understand who we are? Because most times when we look at our identity, we're looking at ourselves as what can we get from people if our identity is a certain way. Yeah. And here's a quick story on that. When I was in high school, So I was a freshman in high school, and there was a girl, and everyone had a crush on this girl. I mean, she was gorgeous. I mean, she was unbelievable. Every guy was in love with her. And I never forgot what she said and how it shaped the way how I thought my identity should go, what I strived for. And she said, a okay-looking guy in a gray car is a babe. It's really, so my identity became about what I owned. It became about how, not really how I looked, but it became about all my possessions because I believed that I became someone by what I owned. But that's not the identity that, because we can never have enough to be who we really want to be. And then, you know, we get into looks, there's all kinds of different things. But when we get into the identity of Christ and really understanding who that is, so when we pursue love, because really that's what we're created to be, that's our identity, really should be, everyone should have a tattoo that says love, because that's who we are, is little Christ, disciples of Christ, is he made us to be the greatest lovers on earth. But love is not meant to be selfish, not meant for everyone to love me, but First Corinthians 14, 1, the first two words, but for me to pursue love. Mm. Yeah, because when we're in relationships with people, it's we're it's it's like we have the opportunity to be able to love at the highest capacity. And so, you know, that's in fact, uh, we, we say this all the time on the show is uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is a world famous neurologist, uh, did tons of research on when the brain is functioning the highest. And I love asking my friends this question because I, I, I asked them, 
what do you think the brain's number one purpose is? And uh, the number one thing I hear all the time is to uh, is for food and water to take care of and nourish our bodies, but that's not the right answer. And then the second answer I hear all the time is uh, is if to find shelter, which is just goes along with survival. But really, the number one thing our brain was created to do was to love. And Dr. Caroline Leaf, when we, you and I got to meet with her uh, privately in in Phoenix, Arizona, told us that um, that she what she found in her research. If we are loving at the highest capacity, then our brain is the most healthiest. So why would you not want to put becoming whole, figuring out how to be uh, the best you you can be so you can learn how to love uh, at the, and putting love on the greatest on the, on the top of your to-do list. And so that's why I always wonder, like, why do people just uh, search for love in different ways, which is really searching for themselves in different ways? And uh, why not? Why not go on this journey of being able to figure out really, truly who you are, which is you are a child of God, and He right. loves you, and He is pleased with you. And because we're a child of God, is understanding a lot of people. I'm a, I'm a son of the King. I'm a daughter of the King. They hold on to that, and which is great. But it's really understanding if it is Christ who is in me, then I am taking on His likeness, as as. I look across the table, I'm looking at you, I get to see me in you, because you're half my DNA, <laughs> and I see half a mom in you. Mm-hmm. But when he looks at us, what is he really seeing? He's just not, he sees way past our DNA. I mean, he knows everything about our DNA on that. He could care less about our DNA. I mean, he goes, wow, I did a great job with you. What a, you know? But really, what is he looking at? What does he want to see in us? And that's where I think is for us to identify with who is our true self? And our true self is a reflection of Christ, who he is our father, God the Father, our creator. And if he is the greatest lover on earth, it's, that's what he said, I am love. And then what is the great commandment? We always talk about that in relationship. So really the first thing when we get into identity is knowing that I'm a lover. That's not so much me receiving love, even though that's an important part, but is loving others took me 33 years to figure that out and a lot of that is going through pain pain is what gets our attention and trying out this isn't making me happy this isn't making me happy this is making me miserable I got to go through this because when you accomplish so much or maybe you haven't received so much then you start going that's when we get that inner tension in ourselves and we want to find out what that is. And when I started understanding what Christ is, really, through that relationship and understanding that it's about loving others. Because we share this story. I wasn't interested in adoption at all. I remember mom asking me, and quickly I shot that right out. No, I wasn't into that because it wasn't, I didn't really get it. But over time, when I was about 33, 35, it's thing of learning who I really was and it was amazing how it really changed my life Mm. to become more like Jesus is to love others and my identity especially as a guy you kind of grow up you know you have this big masculine you got to be this in a way and and you know you got to have the big muscles the tattoos whatever it is but that's not really representing what Christ wants in a man Mm. is he wants I believe men to be the greatest lovers on earth Mm. Yeah. 
And a lot of our guys don't want to really say I was created to be the greatest lovers on earth. But everything through scripture points how guys, we were really created for that, is to love, lead, protect, and provide. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, this whole conversation is reminding me of something that grandpa used to say to me all the time, which was he used to say, you know, people, places and things will never satisfy you. Only Jesus. And so whenever I believe me, I'm not just I'm not sitting here on this high horse saying I've got this all together because I'm speaking to you as a pilgrim of this myself. But I uh, whenever I see a really cool car pass by. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, if I was in that car, I would be, you know, successful and all my dreams would come true and, and I wouldn't have to uh, work at it. And, you know, I would just have it seems like whenever you want to buy a nice car, it just like instantly like you feel like you can just rule the world. And um, but then, you know, that those words from grandpa just pops in back into my mind. And I think, well, well people, places and things will never satisfy me and only Jesus. And, um, right. and so that's a great first step in being able to kind of go on this journey of, of self-identity and being yeah. able to discover who you are. Self-identity is understanding that Christ is our fulfillment. Christ is our our life. But then the second step that we want to put in there is who am I? And, you know, without a lot of words being, you know, king, he is our king, son of the king, daughter of the king, but is understanding our father, what likeness do we take on? Is understanding first, it is love. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much about us getting love, but about us pursuing love, pursuing him and pursuing people. And why? Is it takes a lot of weight off of our shoulders to enjoy high quality relationships now when we get into conflict with people before it's us fighting for that love we want them to love us back and so we fight and fight and want them to do that but then when we're pursuing love we're like it changes our whole perception now it's not about me because when it's about me there's a lot of stress with that because i gotta get i gotta fight for it but when it's not about me it becomes more about the other person it's freeing because now i'm going how can i help you how can I serve you? So love is really the second step. First one is, again, Christ. Understanding that Christ is our life. He is our fulfillment. He is our center. He is our identity. And then understanding what is most like our Father. Just like I said, your DNA. I get to see part of me in you. But when we think about our Father in heaven, what we would see, what he wants to see most that he has, that he says, I want to see in you, is love. And so now we passed love. We talked a lot about love. Where do we go from there is our identity. And we really kind of get into then more the, the fruit of the spirit is really understanding how we get to be more of living it out in our identity and you know, knowing that we are his children. You know, we, we know that we're forgiven. We know that we're set apart. We know we're irreplaceable. We are his treasure. There are lots of things that we get to do. And I would just encourage people, just Google. Google, what is my identity in Christ? There's so many great things that come up, verses that you can just proclaim. But one of the things that is really, um, I think, is important is to know our security. You know, what did we always tell you guys when you guys were growing up that there's is there, Michael, anything you can do to ever make me stop loving you? 
No, no. Uh, and you used to say some crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what if I stabbed you in the back? Yeah. <laughs> I go that well. That would hurt. Yeah. But I would never stop loving you. Yes. And you had so much fun just coming up with the craziest things that would make me laugh inside. I know. I know. Yeah. And and uh, but what a loving question because mm-hmm. um you know it's it's uh and that's really the question I think that that I think a lot of times in our self discovery process and coming into our identity I think that we kind of internally ask ourselves those same ridiculous questions but to God. Right. And so, you know, but I think once we realize that he's not going to stop loving us no matter what, I think there's just such an assurance with that. Right. It's and like, there's a great story in the Bible off. about that. Yeah. Yeah. The prodigal son. Yeah. With that. And so many of us represent that. And when we become that prodigal son, we don't think that we can come back mm-hmm. because our identity is over here. There's no way I can rewire myself to be back in with God. But as a person who is saved, Lord and Savior, I mean, we're always welcome to the table. Mm-hmm. Always. Because when you look at that passage, is there one time in that scripture where God turned his back on the prodigal son? No. No. Never did. Never did. He always said, that's my son. That's my son. That's my son. And that's exactly what he's doing with us. That's my daughter. That's my son. So our identity never leaves us. But just like Simba, we forget. And when we forget, we choose to live a life that is not going to be fulfilling. We choose to live a life that is not going to be all that we dreamed it could be because we're simply not looking at the reflection of Christ, who we really are. Instead, we're choosing to keep looking at false identity. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to look at. He is the father of lies. He's going to keep lying to us and say, you deserve more. You need to be loved more. Hey, you've done so many bad things. Hey, just keep going that way because no one would ever believe you if you went this way on it. But I can tell you, if you want to really experience high quality relationships, first, understanding that it's Christ, getting our focus on Christ. Second is understanding is my identity is my father and our father is most loved. And knowing that we were created to be love. And that's where we want to pursue love. That's right. And so today, uh, I would love it if, if uh, you know, Dad, of course, I wanted to uh, do some time of prayer for those people that are thinking to themselves, man, I don't really know who I am these days. And, and I've kind of lost who I was. And, and they're looking at themselves right now in that reflection and realizing whose they are. And so this, this show has kind of all been about who you are and whose you are. And, uh, and so that's, I want, I want all of our listeners today to be encouraged by the fact that, um, that you're a child of God and he loves you and he is pleased with you. And so when you start to feel down on yourself and when you start to feel like you've, you're kind of hit by all these lies from the enemy about, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I just don't really know who I am right now. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, you kind of start feeling numb. You start feeling confused. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so through that confusion, that, that statement that I am a child of God, he loves me and he is pleased with me. Uh, I hope that you uh, memorize that. And I hope that you say that to yourself this week, because that's exactly who you are. And, uh, and nobody can take that from you. And so, right. and yeah. understanding again, that when you're a child of God, it's not just saying where my position is. But understanding that it's my father who is in me 
And it, if he is love, I'm created to be love. Yep. And that's why it says, if you love me, you'll obey me. Mm. And that's why I get into the word and just being able to really read through. And I just want to challenge listeners today is to go out and pursue love with someone with no expectation back. Just pursue love with someone is an act of uh, just grace with someone extending that even though they don't deserve it or maybe just simply doing an act of kindness or maybe it's just going above and beyond with someone where you basically outdo them in loving them. Mm. And that could be with anybody, by the way, that could be ordering in line at Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. or somebody you pass by on the road or maybe your best yeah. friend or maybe whoever you're dating or even if you're married, listen to this podcast. Maybe it could be your spouse today. So that's that's great advice, Dad. And uh, so do you mind praying for those people that yes, uh, are thinking of themselves that, you know, they maybe are struggling with some identity and, and need some help really yeah. truly learning how to love? Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for life. We thank you for all that you've done, and most of all, Lord, is your son who died on a cross for us so that we may have life, Lord, and and in your promises of John 10 that we can have life to the fullest abundantly. And Father, just help us to know that who we are in you. Even though our heart may sometimes think that we're someone we are in our past and, and that's what we don't think that we're capable or we deserve to be, who you are in us, to know that you're in us and that you are love, Lord. And and Lord, just for all of us, Lord, that we can pursue love. Lord, that we can pursue love with our friends, pursue love with our our family members, pursue love with our, our staff, our employees by serving them so that they don't just see the act of kindness, but they see you and that our actions will bring glory and honor to your name. And Father, ask for your blessings and favor upon everyone listening today. In your precious son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, what a great word to live by today. And uh, thank you so much for taking your time to uh, listen to us. And uh, hey, I just want to encourage everybody right now that if you're listening, we would love it if you would go and give us a five-star rating because those stars really do help us. And uh, getting the word out there about the podcast, the way how iTunes operates, they uh, they like to, uh, they really operate off of ratings and comments. And so the more you can uh, show us that love in that way, that way we could even be the person that you choose to love today by helping us by giving us Pursue some Pursue loving us. Yes, that's right. <laughs> giving us a comment. Maybe I and, should repray that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But um, hey, we uh, have absolutely loved uh, hearing the different uh, comments that people have posted on our page. And I wanted to share this one. Uh, this, uh, the, it's Her name is Commuter Cowgirl. And uh, listen to what she says. The topics on this podcast are relevant and the amazing audio quality is what sets this apart from other faith-based podcasts. Oh, thank you so much. The father-son conversation reminded me of the Jonathan Park audio adventures I used to listen to as a kid. So I never heard of the Jonathan Park audio adventures, Dad, but maybe that should be something we should check out. Yeah, I haven't 
heard of them either. That's right. So, well, thank you so much for your comments. And uh, they really do mean a lot. And they really do uh, help spread the word. Also, Dad and I are on social media. So you can go to Facebook.com slash mine is Michael, uh, the Michael Gibson. And uh, you're on Twitter and Instagram. You're at Roger Gibb on all of yours. And so uh, if you want to go follow Dad, uh, he sometimes posts from time to time. And so uh, (laughs) sometimes I know mom posts for you, though, on a regular basis. She is my social media. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd love it if you give us a, uh, a like on on social media. And by the way, you can find all of that at my website, michaelgibson.org. Uh, today's podcast music was produced by our good friend Rob McLean, and you've been listening to Words to Live By.